Hey you, welcome to Live with Liv, a show where I get real with friends, entrepreneurs, celebs, artists, and just all around cool, down-to-earth humans who do incredible things. This is all a rerun from my Instagram Live, so please excuse any colloquialisms, silly sounds, or verbal mishaps. Listen while cleaning your room, working out, or taking a drive. I can't wait to hear what you think. Hi. Hi. I am honored to have you here. I won't say that again um, because I'm geeking out. So can you just take us back to the very beginning? Because you were so kind, by the way, to offer up your cell phone number and just, I, I literally remember I was on a train calling you. I had like a list of questions because I think that girls don't have enough entrepreneurial female role models who they can look up to and you are that person for me so how did you even get into this space take us back to I guess when you were 21 in college yeah so I've been in New York for 10 years now I grew up in a small town in Florida um, and went to high school and school my whole life in Boca and I knew that I just wanted to get to New York and you know at the time when I was entering college it was 2009 and I thought that I wanted to work in fashion. I didn't know that there were so many different jobs in this industry. I just thought that you like worked for Vogue and that was it um, because of movies, you know? So um, by the time I got here and, you know, the four years in school and the experience that I got interning at a range of different companies, I mean, Valentino, Takoon, smaller, you know, brands like Giles and Brother, just like really cool companies and places that I respected. But you know, by the time I was graduating, it was very clear that the world was changing. And I had a very vivid memory. I was interning at Takoon, um, which is now pivoted to a direct consumer company, but at the time was kind of like a CFDA darling. And Moda Operandi had just launched and it was their first year in business. And I remember like going on the site and seeing like what e-commerce was and could be and like very candidly, like looking across the room and being like, I don't know what this wholesale team is going to look like. Like, what does retail look like? And, you know, for me, I was like, what, what is it that I want to do after school? And um, mm -hmm. you could just kind of sense that like, what we're doing now, obviously, this didn't exist, but you could kind of get the early feeling of it. And um, yeah, I, I just reached out to, um, there was a site that I like loved reading and the stories on, and it was at the time, this was in 2012. So um, it was Into the Gloss, which, you know, obviously what Emily has done with Glossier over the last seven years. Insane. Into the Gloss is insane. And um, yeah, I was so lucky to just kind of get my hands in early and dig in and, you know, work on social and transcribing interviews and working on photo shoots and, you know, really for the first time ever seeing that cycle of like how someone like you or me could read an article and then want to go like purchase something from that or like, you know, and, and a really human piece. I think at the time, like, you know, she always used to say it was like, you would learn Reese Witherspoon's red carpet look from like a People magazine, but like you had no idea what she was actually using at home. And like, now we live in a world where Reese Witherspoon is just like cooking for you from her phone. <laughs> It's really come full circle, but, um, you know, I, I always thought that like, she was really a leader in, in PB and consumer, even though it wasn't quite what it is today in any way. And, right. um, you know, while I was working there, I had met a woman, um, who's now my mentor and is the founder of a company called seed. Um, 
and she was launching a mobile shopping app and I was super curious about it, but like kind of didn't think much of it. I like met her at an event for a former boss that invited me, which is why it's important to like always keep in touch with the people that you work for and do good work for them. And I met her and she's changed my life. I mean, she really gave me my first job after that and um, introduced me to e-commerce and mobile commerce and, you know, the beginning of direct to consumer brands. So it was, it was really special. And I learned so much and got to work with some of the best people in the industry who are now, you know, leading like UX and UI and Instagram and just have so many amazing roles now. So yeah. And that kind of gave me the consumer bug and I've been working with brands ever since, um, from Tamara Mellon to away to, when we connected, I was uh, I had my own brand marketing agency, Levitate, which I still have, but I'm I'm not proactively taking clients right now, given my life is in Crown Affair. But um, you know, working with a range of brands from launching Flamingo for Harry's to The Wing to Outdoor Voices, and yeah, I mean, so much has changed since I first started um, in this universe. It's so interesting, too, because you've launched a DTC, but you have so much experience with the OG DTCs that you also had, you know, a hand in or a full body or mind in. So it's really interesting to see how, you know, you can create something that is your own, but sometimes you need to hone in and learn from working with other brands. And as my dad always says, you know, um, you know, do your work on someone else's dime before you go off on your own. Um, so what did that look like? And how did you start your own brand marketing consultant practice? And, and what did that because, okay, I understand <laughs> launching brands, Diana, that are like, you know, small one person brands, but you were helping all the all the brands that we see plastered on the subway. So how did you get to that moment? Um, it's a good question. And thank you. I'm honestly just I'm the consumer and I'm a nerd about this stuff. And I think I say this a lot to my team and people that you know reach out. It's like if you're just like personally nerdy about this stuff and like follow it, like the dots connect. And I've been so lucky to work with so many talented people. And like, when I was working full time at away, I had a former um, she wasn't a colleague because she actually worked at a PR agency that helped us launch spring, but she went full time to outdoor voices and was like, we'd love support on like figuring out the marketing structure. Like these are our goals. How do we scale? So, you know, it was her who I worked with on spring who mentioned and recommended me for outdoor voices. And then ironically, two years later or a year and a half later, I was working on Flamingo and she was looking to move back to New York and she started working at Flamingo and she's truly one of the most talented under the radar human beings ever. And I love her so much. And I think that that's just been the ripple effect of like continuing to work with good people. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's all about the people you might work at a company that doesn't become successful or becomes massively successful or whatever it is. It's like, you do this to wake up and work with the same people and build things. And, right. you know, it sounds so corny, but like, it really is the journey. Um, and even now, like this is, as we take things day by day, it's like, do I get to do this with awesome people and brainstorm and collaborate? And um, yeah, I mean, timing's a huge part of it too. Like there are the next Harry's and Outdoor Voices and Aways in this world right now. And 
it's different. I mean, as we think about what Crown Affair is, we have a very, very different strategic approach. To your mm -hmm. point, like learning when it's not your own thing is huge. And right. the decisions that I made strategically two, three, four years ago, I would never execute on now because the world is so different. So mm -hmm. um, I feel really grateful. You know, Levitate for me was such a nice bridge between launching my own thing with Crown Affair. Um, I was, I don't think I could have done it before that. Like I needed to learn, you know? Right. And that's what it takes. I, you know, it's so frustrating sometimes you're in your 20s or you're in, at, at any age, you just feel like you want to do your thing. You want to do your thing and you're like, a, you know, a runner ready to take off. But it takes poise and patience. So at what point did you step back and say, you know, okay, I've, you were running your brand consultancy, but you know, I know you started this Google Doc. Can you take us yeah. <laughs> through your journey starting at, by the way, just for background, you've raised over $1.7 million for your new D2C um, hair care brand. You're reinventing what it means to, you know, have a post-shower ritual. Please yeah. <laughs> take us through and, and talk to us more about that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm a really big believer in like listening to your gut. And I think that there's these certain inflection points. For me, things happen in like two year periods, like every two years, I kind of have a little bit of like a shift where I'm like, what's happening. And, you know, with Levitate, I was a full time employee before that I was working at away. This was like, almost four years ago. And I just kind of knew that I was ready. Like there were certain things that I as a person like, I've been very lucky to, to have a leadership coach for the last few years who I swear by. And I had a call with her today at 3.30 and she's inspired me all the rest of the day. Um, and she asked me, I was like kind of trying to figure out what was next. And she was like, what are your pillars? Like, what are the things that are important to you? And at the time, at that time, it was um, freedom. So being able to like travel when I wanted and like see people when I wanted and like create my own schedule. And then also choosing who I wanted to work with. I think having been an early employee at a lot of these companies, like, you know, you're employee eight or employee five or employee 10, and then you wake up a year later and you're, there's like 150 people around you and you're like, what happened? So <laughs> what? <laughs> I know for me, I was just, those were my two pillars. And um, I just knew in my gut that it was ready to move. And something similar happened with Levitate where my the pillars of what I wanted had changed. Like I had two years of freedom and flexibility and choosing the people that I got to work with. And it was incredibly fulfilling, but you know, as more opportunities came up um, to work on different types of brands, you know, first and foremost, there's only like so many Harry's and, and, you know, OVs in the world. Like those are, those right. are rare, special companies. So, um, you know, I hit a point where I was like, had a couple of potential clients, had some scopes of workout. And I just knew that, you know, I had been working on Crown Affair kind of nights and weekends, just developing product, you know, gifting it to friends, getting feedback on it. And like, people liked it. It was like crazy. I'm like, you like this thing that I'm making? And they're like, are you kidding me? Like, I've never brushed my hair before. I've been using this brush since like high school or middle school. And like, I never even thought to use like a hair oil. I didn't realize my hair was dry. And you know, it was those mm -hmm. organic conversations over two years that like, you know, I'm the weirdo who treats my hair like the way people treat their skin. And like, mm -hmm. it was just so clear that there was such a lack of guidance and education mm -hmm. and like quality product. And um, 
I think it's important to, it wasn't quite a side hustle because it's not like I was selling products, but it was like a side hustle in the way that it was very much my passion of figuring out if this was a thing. So by the time that I was ready to like do it, I had enough data points and information to be like, I can go do this and like launch it. And um, yeah, so in like June of last year, I just decided like, I'm not gonna take any more projects for Levity and just like continue to keep the relationships I have with my clients and close out projects. And then mm -hmm. um, yeah, the, the investment side came pretty organically. I think, you know, you do, you, you know, any advice to people who are trying to develop physical Please. products, like it costs money. <laughs> that was the other thing very realistically. I was like, these bills are adding up. Like I should probably either like go with this. I either need to sell something or raise money. So um, that was the decision that I had to kind of face. And yeah, and we, um, you know, I was really fortunate to have mentors and friends who introduced me to investors that had invested in their businesses and that they really liked and had a couple early conversations and had a couple term sheets. And it was very clear. I think when you raise money, like it really is a relationship, like not mm -hmm. all money is created equal. So you got to feel that vibe and you got to do your research. Like, um, I, you know, you have to realize that investors are really lucky to be able to invest in you and, and your idea. So, um, it came together pretty quickly. It was a pretty speedy fundraise and, by October, we had our first full-time team member who's incredible. She's our head of operations. She actually moved from LA for the role, which is like so badass of her to be like, this company doesn't exist. I'm gonna move across the country. But, <laughs> um, and now we're a full-time team of five and we've been live for three months and it's, it's really good. But yeah, I mean, there was definitely a couple steps in between like deciding not to do client work, you know, deciding to fundraise and then you know, really July, August, September, October, like five months to launch five, six months. And what does fundraising look like? Because you're coming from a brand marketing perspective and you're trying to raise not a thousand dollars, not a hundred thousand dollars, not five hundred thousand dollars. You've raised one point seven million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Let's back up a second. <laughs> I mean, well, you have a business plan and you have a vision. Those are two important things. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm very aware that I've worked in consumer and worked for venture backed businesses. Right. So, you know, that experience from the last six years before this to be able to walk into a room and, um, you know, this is the fourth business I've launched. So even though the three others weren't mine, they're still, you still know. They're babies, right. Yeah, like there's muscle memory there, you know, you know how to go to market, you know how to tell a story, you know how to build a team. So, you know, I think from an investor perspective, there was confidence there that we could go to market in a really thoughtful and strategic way, given like, you know, you get better at this, whatever company I launch next, whatever it is, you like learn, you know, right. launch. And, and truthfully, it changes a lot. But, um, you know, I think there was confidence there. And um, just the fact that we already had product and I have been working on it for a while. Like, I think it's one thing and I really admire people who can go into a room and sell a vision without anything for me being able to have product and like give it to people and have them try it and have them be excited about it, I think is a really impactful thing. And, you know, three months in now, like the reviews we get on the site, I have people who like, who didn't invest because it was too late or whatever like people mm -hmm. that were excited and then like buy the product and then try it and are like this is amazing and life-changing and 
you know, it's a slow and steady thing. And I read an article the other day. It's like, and we went into this. It's like, it's not about the unicorns. It's about being a camel. Like, building a brand that really means something to people takes time, you know? So mm. um, we're hoping that we laid the foundation for that and that, like, our investors and everyone on our team is, like, aligned with, with what we're building long term. But, yeah, it definitely wasn't easy. Have good lawyers and also, like, ask people. Like, a lot of people have done this before. Um, it's the first time I've ever fundraised. So had to learn a lot in different terms and had friends who gave very kind, free legal advice. But um, it's definitely scary. But I think knowing that you have something to offer and that they get to be a part of this and then feeling like it's the right fit and you having such mutual respect for each other is, mm -hmm. is everything. Right. And they're, like you said before, they're not just investing in Crown Affair, they're investing in you. And so you are the steady pillar that really is driving all the force and, and you're in charge of hiring. And that's also a scary topic that we can spend hours on. But like you said, you hired someone who moved across the country to work for you. And you don't know if you can trust this person with your vision. You So what was that one key factor that convinced you to go with this particular human? What was it, Alessandra? I don't know. Yeah, well, Alessandra has been, been working with us for a long time. She actually started as our intern, and okay. she did such incredible work that I was like, you're coming on board. She's actually still graduating. She hasn't properly graduated yet, but we brought her on, and she's incredible. Um, but Elaine, who's our head of operations, I mean, the truth is, is we were introduced through friends, and I think... Mm -hmm. um, when you have people in common and they've worked together before, there's like right. a validation there that you can trust. So um, I also like adored her and got a really good vibe on our phone calls. But like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I mean, I look to her, the fact that she decided to do this and believed in this and she's like our, I mean, she's, she's my girl and all of this and we're doing it together and you, you get that vibe, you know, but mm -hmm. it is scary. I think, um, Hiring is so important and hiring looks different at every year of your, your business, you know, depending on what you need and what your product market is. And, um, you know, finding that person who has all of the skills that you don't, is like, I think, and that's, that's the reality is like, I know where I don't have the same skill set. So I really needed, I didn't need someone to like riff on brand ideas. Like right. I wanted them to be excited about it and like, you know, Elaine's background in particular, like she's very passionate about beauty and fashion and had interned at Vogue, but came from an ops background. So mm -hmm. for me, I'm like, oh, this, she's amazing. She's like passionate about these things that I want to visually tell that story, but like she can take a step back and actually build this business. So yeah, mm -hmm. that it's, it's scary though, for sure. Right. And, and that's crazy. And someone said, yay for giving opportunity to students. You know, I think something, I was talking to someone today about how like, I don't really care what you got in your science class in college. And it doesn't really matter to me what your black and white resume template looks like. But what's important is feeling that drive and that passion. And of course, having experience, but like, there is such a, a detection feature in I think everyone, every hiring employers that says, you know, is this person here for the right reason? Can I trust them? Are they passionate? And do they want to put in the effort? So I think maybe advice that you probably would give to anyone looking for a job or internship would be 
what? Just show up. I mean, right. honestly, show up and be creative. I think if it's the right fit, I really, I'm like, so I totally agree with you. And um, we just launched a program called Seedling, which I can tell you more about. But um, I'm such a believer that like, it's a two way street. Like I feel lucky and honored to have the team that I have at the senior level and at the entry level. And like, I'm, I'm not old, but like, I'm not young anymore. And I don't know what's happening on TikTok. and the consumer behavior is different. And like, right. I have so much respect for people who reach out and know where to reach out, like whether that's DM or LinkedIn or email or are just organically engaging because they care like mm -hmm. that consistency and like connecting the dots to be like even something interesting like hey Diana like saw this thought this was really cool or like here's a podcast I just listened to that inspired me like that's a really good way to I show think up. that's how we connected by the way yeah no exactly <laughs> it's like okay cool like, I want to talk to this person you know right. like, you know that's really important and the truth is, is like, there's no standard career path anymore. I do think it is really important to work and, and have a team and understand how to like grow into a manager and like collaborate mm -hmm. with people and like cross-functionally communicate. Like these are skills, no matter what your, your role is that are like valuable, no matter what you do. And right. um, I think right now, especially if you're graduating college or, or entry level, like show up, do all of the things, but like, you know, stand your ground, know what you're good at and stay focused. But we're in a world where, you know, everything is as mushed, like the roles and titles and things that once were like might not make sense anymore. And like, I actually talk about this a lot. And I'm not sure if Sue, who is our head of content is watching, but like, when we were hiring for our head of social content role, like, we I interviewed a lot of people and try and you know, looked at all spans, more seasoned people, entry level. I was like, do we just bring in like an 18 year old who's like, what's up? And I know the right. internet or, you know, or what it, whatever it would be. And like, I think just get a gut feeling from people that they're mm -hmm. passionate and excited and they're gonna work hard and like be creative. And like that to me, like all the other skills are trainable, you know? Right. I know someone who says hire for passion, train for skill. I think you know, there are no rules for hiring. There are no rules for being a new employee or team member. Like it's really about the fit if you are at a startup, you know? Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I want to take everyone back just for a second because I know we didn't cover your full story. So I want to go full on crown affair. Okay. So number one, tell us, I mean, I know, I know the story about the Google Docs, but can you walk yeah. us through that really quickly? How did this come to fruition? And what did you, where was the gap? What, what did you notice about hair care that was missing? Yeah. Okay. So I'm obsessed with hair care, as I mentioned, and taking care of my hair. And it's taken me a very long time to find a routine and ritual and do research on products that are like best for my hair type, my lifestyle. Right. Like it really there. Are you traveling a lot? Are you an Olympic swimmer? Like how you take care of your hair is totally dependent on your lifestyle what city you live in? Are you on the East Coast, the West Coast? Mm. You know, growing up in Florida, like the humidity in my hair, it's like night and day. So I and truthfully too, like my skin is, I figured my skin out now, but growing up, it was always kind of not great. And I, I've, I don't know about anybody else, but like hiding behind your hair is like a very real thing. So um, yeah, basically friends would just ask me what I would do to my hair. I mean, women, the most incredible women, like women running companies, raising, like doing amazing stuff who had no idea where to start with their hair or like 
if they weren't going to dry bar or like at their stylist, they're like, I'm, I hate it. It looks gross. It's dirty. And I'm like, why do we have this relationship with our hair this way? Like we've taken so much time, you know, skincare and color cosmetics have been so democratized over the last five or so years where you have like memes of people being like, I know you've been asking about my skincare routine, but like <laughs> it hasn't happened with hair. And I think, right. you know, a lot of the stuff online is very tutorial driven. It's very like professional hairstylist. And it's not just like a woman like trying to look good now for a zoom meeting or whatever it is on like a right. Tuesday and being like, what's happening and how can I make it better? And, um, the Google doc started because I was recommending products to friends and a lot of the products that I was recommending were like very expensive, <laughs> like mm -hmm. $250 hairbrush expensive. Like or, Moroccan oil expensive. That's not yeah. even made in Morocco. Yeah, exactly. And it's like literally a cyclic silicone that's like not good for your hair. And like, it feels really nice to the touch, but we'll dry it out over a few years. And it just became very clear that there was so much innovation needed in this category, both from like a product quality perspective, a price point perspective for that mm -hmm. quality. And then also to just like the guidance and education and community. And, you know, it's been such an honor to have conversations about people and their hair and the identity with hair. It's like such a huge part of who we are. And, you know, we're just starting it. And we have really big plans with Crown Affair for like, how we tell that story and how we connect with our community. But like, we're seeing the product like transform people's hair in such simple ways. And like, it's always been so rooted in that ritual. And like, those were those early conversations from that doc is like, how I take care of myself every night. Like I brush my hair every night before I go to bed. And it is like the most calming, zen, relaxing thing. Like, right. The natural oils through your hair. And like, for me, like the volume in my crown is so much better. Or like, I just always like wanted to have a beautiful comb on me that wasn't like $100 on that of Forte that's like made from plant-based products mm -hmm. and like is beautiful. Ethical. And, yeah, so that's really what this was rooted in. And I think it's always, I mean, for those out there who are like looking to start a business, like just talk to people and like share ideas. Like that's where these this comes from, you know, is there's a need and people want it. Right. And so someone asked in the questions, have I used Crown Affair yet? And I haven't. And my hair is dry and I need to, which is for you, girl. We got to we got to set this up. I know. Aside the hair oil is amazing. I'll let it speak for itself. I mean, those who want to try it, um, it's it's game changing. It's it's for me. I, I, I feel naked without it. Like when I get mm -hmm. out of the shower, it's very focused, as you noted, on like the post wash ritual. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't want to spend a ton of time on my hair out of frustration I'd rather spend time on it out of care and like those daily habits of like actually kind of getting to know your hair and what's so wild is like you know when we launched this the last week of January pre-COVID like it's always really been about the time at home and like taking care of yourself between salon visits and mm -hmm. you know now that everyone's at home and like can't necessarily access their hairstylist <laughs> or colors it's like how do you kind of take a moment to be like how do I just like nourish myself mm -hmm. you know? right and I think so much of the hair education that we're accustomed to is either get this uh, Billy Eilish's you know Grammy's look for her hair or like here's how to do a French braid and there's no in between so can you tell us about the brush comb and towel and what that looks like for you and also like your hair literally is a walking billboard for your company so it makes 
perfect sense to all of us, even through this quality of Instagram. Thank you. Well, I can show you, I have goodies next to me, which I never do. This is actually the first time I'm doing this, which I'm kind of excited. Amazing. Um, this is my favorite. This is our, this is our uh, comb number two, which is in horn. And it's so I, my team makes fun of me, but I literally comb on Zoom calls all day. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, truthfully, this, as I noted, this started because I was using a Mason Pearson hairbrush, which is like over $200 and mm -hmm. super beautiful and high quality, but it's not really accessible. And I noticed what a massive difference it made in the texture and health of my hair. Right. It. So we found this family who's been making tools in Italy for like over a hundred years and just started to like develop brushes and I like sent them some prototypes and things that I liked and um yeah it's made out of nylon and boar bristle and then beech wood and they're all hand painted and it's literally the last brush you'll ever need and I think that there's something so I don't want to say romantic but there's something really amazing about having like a beautiful brush that you like take care of yourself and you take care of it and like it's so simple like it shouldn't be as simple as it is and then like, right you know, everyone's hair is different. So like I have my own routine and ritual with it, but like, you know, I always brush before I wash it because it like moves the debris through my hair. And it's just like, it's just so much better. I notice a difference when I don't brush and, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's like so foundational. And I found that like before I was brushing, like my hair was not as healthy and like, wasn't as shiny or like didn't have as much volume. Mm -hmm. And like, I didn't know this. I was using like a plastic brush in the shower and was like ripping my hair out and I while I was consulting I was like reading books about hair and scientific papers and like it's so fascinating it's like it's such a weird part of our biology like you know you have about 100 to 150,000 hair follicles on your head and they're all growing like asynchronously I know now you think about it and you're like what <laughs> and your scalp I mean you have all these little organs that are like growing at their own time and like how you take care of them and what you do is, is so important. And, mm -hmm. you know, when your hair gets wet, it's like, you want to treat your hair like silk. So when it gets wet, right. if you are using a harsh brush, it's going to like stretch and break your hair and cause more breakage. And the same with the towel, which is like low key, my favorite product right now at home. It's like, if you're using a hundred percent cotton hair to like towel for your body on your hair, like, it's going to cause so much more frizz and breakage and like, you, and also just like not having a strap. And there are like hair towel, twisty turban things on the market. But for me, I was like, not at all of these look like as seen on TV thing. Right. Like, I don't feel proud as like having this as a part of my routine. Like they usually wouldn't hold up. And like, I just, they wouldn't stay in my hair or like they'd be too short and I'd have like a little bit of hair like sticking out of the top and like, I just wanted to solve all these problems. And I saw that someone asked about price points. So um, everything in the line is $62 or less. So the hairbrush is our highest price point. And, you know, if you're buying a drugstore brush, like you do you and that's fine. But like from a quality perspective, the brushes on the market are like at least 120, really the, the Mason Pearson. And um, same with the hair oil, like a lot of the hair oils that I really loved and were like clean and only using a few ingredients that like the efficacy was there were like 80, 90, a hundred dollars and ours is 40. And like, it's really interesting. I think as a company being in this like premium sweet spot, like we mm -hmm. are more expensive than like going to target or like 
you know, whatever it is. And I, I love a drugstore buy too. And I think around makeup, I get a little bit more fun there. But when it comes to skincare and hair care for me, like I really want to treat my hair the way that I treat my skin to like mm -hmm. make sure I'm taking care of it over time. So I'm mindful to not buy products with like cyclopentasiloxane and like you'd be shocked. That's the lead ingredient in like luxury product too, like Orbe and you know, broccoli oil and white, like there's a bunch of things out there that aren't great for you. So, you know, everyone hair, everyone's hair is different, but I think it's important to like realize what's in your products. And, um, you know, for me, I think it's worth the investment and I wanted to create something that mm -hmm. was more accessible. If you were to go to a Sephora or a salon, so slightly more affordable than a salon, a little bit more expensive than the drugstore kind of thing. Okay. And that's so interesting too, because I, I have been using a wet brush since I was like nine years old and it's the only thing that could get through my hair. And as we we're, as I was leading up to this, I was like, Oh my gosh, maybe I shouldn't. And the thought has never occurred to me that we are skimping on how we treat our hair because we're picking up these like quick and easy to go hair products. But I, I think it really is because there's a lack of education and there's a lack of resources on the market because I didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, that's true. I think the education piece, the truth is too, is like most of the industry is brought to you by like three companies or four companies. Right. Like it's the same businesses that own a lot of the brands that you see on the shelf. So there's just not a ton of innovation there from an ingredient perspective or a education perspective. And for us, like our mission is to make hair care a daily ritual and think about mm -hmm. it in that way. And like, every day is different. You might only wash your hair right now twice a week, or maybe you're washing it every day, but like, how do you actually care for it and think of it in that way? And like, how do we as a company provide people with like better tools, better products that like are good at, you know, investments that you're like, I'm going to make this investment one time to take care of myself. And, um, yeah, it's, it's so important. Let's talk about focus groups and female leaders. Yeah. Okay. Quickly on focus groups. They're really important. Um, I think it's something that, I mean, it's something we're continuing to do to get mm -hmm. insights. Like, um, you feel inspired to start a company because you talk to friends and people empower and encourage you, but it's really important to have people who aren't you talk to people <laughs> who you don't know right. to understand what's happening. Um, and you, you get real responses that way. So, um, we did some formal and then less formal focus groups, and it's a great way to just understand what the product might be. Ultimately, though, at this stage, I think as a founder, it's really important to like go with your gut and understand what it is you want to make and then continue to evolve over time. Right. Someone said you are the money, honey, and with your passion for hair. I love you. I love her comments. I just adore social media and how it brings us together. And so you're teaching me so much about Crown Affair. And I want to know, number one, I don't want to hold you for much longer. Usually my lives go for 20 minutes. And I Is that it? <laughs> but I'm I, sorry, Liv. Thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. I could talk to you all night. Like, I'm in heaven and you have such a focus on innovation and you're captivating in the way that you're trying to pursue something that really doesn't exist. You are going to be the drunk elephant of hair care. You are going to be, you know, such a trailblazer for, for just people and confidence. It's about so much more than just hair, right? There are so many different branding perspectives that you could use to 
utilize, you know, the promotion. Number one, it's the confidence part. My hair is dry. I would love Crown Affair because it would boost my confidence. Number two, you know, you're ethically made. You're sourcing from family-owned businesses. You're chemical-free, harmful chemical-free. Like, that's huge. That's a second tipping point. And the third is you're affordable and you're bringing, you know, upscale hair care to everyone. So, you know, talk a little bit about seedlings and how you're using this this product to reach as many people as possible yeah no thank you and, and it means so much and i think you know drunk elephant is an example like it took her years to figure this out you know and i think right. so often we hear like the amazing stories and like i my team like we feel this way like we're in it like we want to engage with people we want to like have better product that's changing the way people move through the world and brings them that confidence you know and Mm -hmm. Um, you know, seedling is a huge part of that. And, you know, it's interesting. I feel really grateful to have launched Crown Affair a few weeks before all of everything happened with the global pandemic, but, you know, you figure it out and you understand mm -hmm. what's working. And, you know, when this first started happening, we started donating a portion of our proceeds to No Kid Hungry and we're continuing to do that. And like, mm -hmm. it's an amazing cause. And we wanted to give back in a way that like this specific pandemic was affecting the world and, and kids. Um, right. but a couple weeks in, we were like, how can we actually like give back in a way that's more authentic to us in the sense that like, it's a bit more local. Like these are people who are reaching out to us for help and like, we need to listen and hear that too. And, um, we saw kind of like starting April one, like after that first hit of March and everyone being at home, like a lot of people were starting to lose their jobs or be furloughed, you know? kids right. graduating right now, you know, even including Alessandra, who's on our team, who's amazing. We've been, I've been so lucky to work with her since fall of last year and like honored to bring her onto this team. But like a lot of her peers, it's like, what do you do? How do you compete in a job market where like people who have even a few years of experience, like are being let go of right now. So it was really clear that people were asking for help or guidance and you know, it was really Elaine who was like, we should build a program so we can like bring people and create this space for like amazing women that I've been fortunate to get to know over the last seven, eight years of working. And like all of these people who are graduating and maybe want a little bit of guidance. And the truth is, is that like, this goes back to being a mutual relationship. Like no matter how seasoned you are, like as a founder, as a C-level executive, like you're navigating this for the first time. And Mm -hmm. you know, we're in this together and can provide so much perspective. So um, when we posted Seedling as our as our pilot mentorship program, I thought like 10 people would apply. Like I genuinely posted it on social and I was like, I hope someone signs up. We got over 250 applications within like the first few mm -hmm. days. And, um, I'm in it. Yes, and you're in it, which is amazing. And I'm so excited. I know, how did the kickoff call go? Did I do okay? I, I think it's tomorrow oh yeah well we did one yesterday we're doing yeah another. we're doing our email tomorrow yeah um, yeah I mean I'm psyched I know good well we have 100 people in the program and it's the first time we're doing it and like you know we're all home right now like I'm so grateful that when I was graduating school and like figuring out what I wanted to do that I was able to go into the world and like show up at an event or meet someone mm -hmm. and have these organic relationship moments and the reality is like those can't happen right now. Like we're all being safe at home. So like, how do we as a company like 
bring that to people and have that moment. And, you know, to your point, it's not that it has to do with hair, but it does have to do with, you know, our woman and our guy. It's like, it's someone who cares. It's, it's how they move through the world. It's not just that mm -hmm. they're like, you know, obsessed with hair care and like want, if anything, that person's probably doing like fashion, professional, all that stuff. It's like, for us, this is a person who is really mindful about the choices that they make and how they take care of him or herself. So we're excited. It's something that is like very much in our DNA. And, you know, after we have learnings from this pilot batch, we'll continue to do. So um, we've definitely had a lot of people, both mentors and mentees ask about it since the launch this week. So um, I really want to continue to evolve it and refine it and be thoughtful because I know so many mentors as well and people with experience are looking to give back in a way that has the direct impact as well. Right. And I know that also like, I'm so grateful to you that I was able to connect, you know, and by the way, for everyone watching, like I fully stalked Diana. I, about a year ago, I think right after Forbes or before you were th Forbes 30 or 30, I like pursued your email, had so many ideas, sent you articles until eventually you agreed to um, be hostage and I get on. I love it. I love it. I love this. <laughs> and so I know like Allie is watching and she runs an incredible brand as well. So, you know, how are you going to combine those leaders that you see with also the future leaders and, and what yeah. is Seedlings going to um, do to both inspire us? this way and this yeah. way. Yeah, I love that. And and I think you are such an incredible role model and leader for people that, you know, seriously, the people who are watching you and, and engaging with you and your audience, like it takes, a, it take, you have to be brave to reach out. Like there's a lot of fear in that. And like, I even have it. Sometimes I'm like, am I sending this email to this person? And is this thing happening? And, you know, it's, it's people, it's someone like you who's creative and passionate that like then things like this happen. Like if you didn't reach out, then like we wouldn't be doing this right now. And I also think conversely, like, you know, a lot of people are like, how do I ask someone to mentor me? Or how do I just talk mm -hmm. to someone? Like, you know, a, it's, an, it's a relationship. It takes a really long time. It's not like there's an official conversation, but you know, right. I, 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 yeah, no, but I also just think that like, the person who is going to empower and support you most is someone who's going to respond. So like, mm -hmm. you know, reaching out to someone and they never get back to you, then like, they're probably not the right fit. And sometimes the people that are like right in front of you can be the ones who really lift you up and inspire you most. And for the community, I mean, I'm really excited for like the mentors to meet the mentors, the mentees to meet the mentees. And then obviously we've paired everybody and I'm sure we'll learn and hear stories about how that is going. And Ideally, this becomes a community and group that's really special. I mean, we were super mindful about this first this first grouping, and um, I hope you know. To your point, the future leader is like you just never know where someone's going to go or what they think of. And now more than ever, when all of the structures that we know are being shaken up, like mm -hmm. it could be someone super young who who hasn't. You know, you don't need years and years of experience to really be passionate and have an idea and build something. So we'll see. Right. I'm excited for it. And last word of wisdom or a quote that keeps you going and doing what you do. The day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. So plant that seed. Fruit will Love it. Later. Just take your time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. It's an honor. And I cannot wait to buy a brush literally the second we hang up and a comb and a towel. Love it. Okay. You're a dream. I'll chat with you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.
Thanks for tuning in to Live with Live. Remember to be kind, be you, and take risks. Life is better when you just go for it. See you next time. Liv Schreiber.